HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to a housing news crossover episode that features an interview with Total Expert Chief Customer Officer Sue Woodard. In this episode, Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler interviews Woodard to get her unique perspective on the current state of mortgage technology. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, Housing Wire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. Welcome, everyone. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire, with the latest episode of our Housing News Podcast. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, who is a familiar face to so many of you. It's Sue Woodard, the Chief Customer Officer at Total Expert. Sue is also a public speaker and media columnist, a contributor, and she's been in this industry for from 30 years. So, Sue, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you, Sarah. It's always great to be with you and the HousingWire family. Uh, We're so happy to have you. You know, we always start out these by asking how you got into the industry because there's never a dull story there. So I would love to know what what drew you here? Um, You know, it is always an interesting story. Um, Interestingly enough, um, I was working at a credit union and um, I was still in college. I was working at a credit union and we got robbed a number of times. And it was my roommate and one of my best friends that was the head teller that was held up at gunpoint. And I remember having to go with her to like the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension and look at lineups and all these crazy things. And I thought, man, I got to find like a different branch to work in, you know, somewhere safer. The only job that was open was a mortgage processor. And I didn't know anything about the mortgage industry, but that turned out as many of these kind of, you know, interesting small decision points in our life end up just absolutely putting on our life on a different path. And so, yeah, I started as a mortgage processor 30 years ago and and here we are. That is a crazy story. I did not realize there was true crime involved. (laughs) True crime. Yes. (laughs) Didn't know it was that kind of podcast, but, uh, but yes. Yeah. Interesting story. But uh, as you said, never a. Never a dull story about how folks got into the business. Well, and then you were um, you were a top originator. Um, you've done you've done sales training. You you've just done uh, you run the gamut through our industry. Um, what brought you to Total Expert? You know um, what brought me to Total Expert realistically was being a, a competitor of theirs and <laughs> realizing realizing I wanted to join the family. So um, no, and uh, you know realistically I was I was also just so drawn to. Um, you know, Joe, while you are CEO, has such a passion uh, 
um, for the industry, as I do as well. You know, we our number one value is customer success is number one because it's all about making our customers successful. And just hearing him um, not to speak about that, but really live that is um, was just the deciding factor to come to Total Expert. Great. Well, we appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is just because your background gives you a really unique perspective on where we are with mortgage tech right now. And we had such, you know, we all know we had a crazy year last year. The pandemic fueled a ton of changes in mortgage tech. What are, what are some of the biggest changes from your perspective? I would say a couple of different things. Um, you know, first of all, you know, there's been a lot of focus on, um, you know, technology around the back end tech, or, or I should say around the user interface. Um, that was kind of the sole priority and focus, but there's really a lot around putting together the right tech stack and putting around the, the back end mortgage technology that really fuels a great customer experience. And so we're seeing a stronger focus on making sure that, you know, institutions are looking behind the scenes to make sure that the foundation is there, the right tech stack is there to enable their unique way of doing things. Um, and a big part of what it's about is to really unlock more of a 360 degree view of the customer. Um, there's a lot of data silos that still exist, um, not just in our, you know, in our industry, but so many um, financial institutions. And so I think it's all about putting all the, the information and the data together so that you um, don't have siloed teams, you don't have siloed data, and the end result is just creating um, a great customer experience. There's been a lot more focus on, again, what is that right tech stack to get the data together and provide a great customer experience. I really think it's interesting you're talking about those silos because we do see, I mean, there, there's been a growth of so many different companies offering different things, but that integration point is really one of the pain points. You know, after it's waiting for the digital mortgage, when you when you look back about when people first started talking about the digital mortgage, it was like 20 years ago. Like it's yeah. been forever. Yep. But we did, you know, we did see acceptance and adoption on so many levels, you know, different um, regulatory bodies saying, okay, well, it will accept this kind of appraisal or this, you know, we'll waive the, yes. the inspection or whatever. Um, do you see yep. this? What happened last year, that adoption, that acceptance? Do you see this as a paradigm shift in how we should think about tech that will continue going forward or was it just an anomaly? No, I think disruption is the new normal, I would say. And, you know, we're all tired of hearing the word like unprecedented. <laughs> so I won't go there. But um, but I think we all learned that disruption um, forces you to um, relook at how you're doing things, relook at your experience, relook at how you can become more efficient. Um, and so I, I tend to think that, yeah, disruption is going to be a new normal because we learned that being forced to disrupt and to create new experiences, um, we actually, you know, I think dramatically improved the experience for the customer because we had to. Um, and so I, I believe that will actually continue. Um, there also were a lot of folks who um, adopted new technology. It was, we have, we have, you know, brought in more customers than ever into the total expert family. And think about that with how busy everybody was and how, um, you know, just crazy life was, you know, because everybody that you're doing business with, they're, you know, they're a person with their own life story <laughs> rolling out in the background. But I think just seeing so many people adopting new tech technologies, um, kind of working cross-functionally to try to better understand what is what creates a great borrower experience um, and just being willing to change those processes and workflows to not just drive efficiencies, but to truly make a better experience for the customer. Um, and so, so yes, I, I actually absolutely believe that this will, this will continue to happen. Well, let's dive in a little bit there on, on the customer, you know, what part of the innovation that we saw really affects the customer most in your opinion? 
You know, I would say there's there's three different things. You know, the first one is really just the customer experience because, you know, um, technology should empower you to actually optimize the experience and maximize all of your touch points. One of the things we say a lot at Total Expert is that every interaction that a customer has with you and your brand either builds trust or erodes trust, mm -hmm. right? And so when you really look about that that customer experience and it kind of goes back to really understanding all of the data, you know, that is that is flowing there and seeing where are their gaps and also where does a human being need to be involved? I think sometimes, you know, you're going back to, I remember also 20 years ago, people are talking about digital mortgage and there was all this talk about how, oh, it's going to replace um, loan officers. And we just thought, you know, really, I mean, is it really going to, you know, and, and even now with the amazing technologies that are brought to bear, the idea is not to replace the loan officer, but to really help them leverage their unique talents to be in the right places at the right times with that very unique touch. Um, you know, you've heard me talk a lot about that when people, especially when they're purchasing a home, something's happening in their life, right? They're going through a human event. They're getting married. They're getting divorced. They've got a new job. They've had a baby. Maybe somebody's passed away. Something's happening. Every purchase kind of has a story with it, right? So it's really important that technology is there to enable the right human touch points, not to replace them. So I do think just in terms of customer experience, having the data together, providing the right touch points by either technology or human, that's that's the winning combination. Um, certainly it's about efficiencies as well. You know, there's productivity, efficiency gains, um, but I just think the, the, the heart of so much of what's happening um, is just enabling and, and um, the relationship to happen. I think sometimes people think, you know, oh, it can all be done by technology. The relationship's not important. It, it is important. I mean, I would say almost now more than ever when consumers are, you know, themselves are one degree away from somebody who probably is in some financial need, question marks, um, concerns, uncertainty, fear. Um, that's what, you know, that's what the great folks listening to this call are there to provide, not just technology, but that, that humanization and that human uh, relationship along with it. It is interesting when you look back because, you know, people want to say, well, you know, consumers now are so used to doing, you know, self-serve. They're used to just getting it all digitally. And, and they are compared to 20 years ago. You know, there's no there's no comparison. And yet that human element is still priority. Like, I do think there's something about buying a house. It is a very large investment, but it is also a very emotional investment yes. that you aren't going to be able to totally automate it automate that professional out of the picture, whether that's the real estate person, whether that's the loan officer. Yep. So, yep. And that's, that's what we believe is we believe that the future will belong to those brands that can successfully combine the human and technology to create those experiences and relationships that people can trust in. But it's the combination of both of those things. It's not one replacing the other. Not one or the other. Well, what part of that borrower experience do you think still needs work? When you look at all that's been done and, and a lot has been done, but what part of that is still lacking or, or really not a great experience for the, for the customer, the borrower at the end? You know, I would say um, understanding customers at, at a persona level. And what I mean by that is really understanding holistically who is your customer, what are they about, and not just um, that's borrower A with a you know, $300,000 loan on a 30-year fix, but it's understanding who they are, what they need in their life, where are they going? Um, and part of that has to do with, again, tying all that data together. Um, but we think a lot about, you know, customer personas to know who is it um, that you're talking to, because when you're reaching out to a customer, especially when you're doing things with technology, um, you have to be talking in the right voice to the right person, right? And 
and talking about the right things. I mean, nothing um, I think erodes trust more than a completely out of left field message. I mean, we have this um, example that we, we, it's a real example that we've seen from one of our employees had um, just gotten approved for a mortgage and got from the same company a, hey, do you want to get pre-approved because rates are low message. And it's kind of like, well, wait a second, you don't even like you don't you don't know <laughs> you don't know who I am. You're not paying attention. Um, but then even just sometimes the messaging just being um, off. And so just a big part of uh, big part of it that I think needs work is just the really understanding who your consumer is. Um, what are they looking for? Part of that is data. And the other thing I would tell you, Sarah, is sometimes it's it is engaging more often with your customers and asking. Um, you know, there's a, 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 a saying or a, um, it might even be a, a verse, but it's um, you don't have because you don't ask. <laughs> right. And I think about that sometimes is sometimes we're trying so hard to go through all this data and, and the data can give us wonderful, um, wonderful insights to this customer and their buying habits and, you know, their credit and what stage they might be in their life. But what if we just asked them, you know, what fits you more? You know, are you getting ready to start a, a family or a new business? Or are you, you know, looking more, you know, planning for your retirement or wanting to send a kid to college? You know, I mean, there's the, the mortgage, uh, the application opens so many doors to help people. Um, but some, and I just feel like it's a failure if we don't really look at who that person is and then actually communicate to them in the way they want to be spoken to about the things that they really care about in the channel that is going to resonate with them. Right. So there's just there's a, a huge body of, I think, very exciting work that I we've come a long ways, but I think we've got a ways to go. Well, when you think about the personalization aspect, when we were um, so I plan our engage marketing um, you know, events every year. And so I'm, yeah. I'm always reading marketing stuff. I'm always reading, you know, that whole idea on personalization, but you know, you can get so far down the road, but at the very end is, is a singular person. So you have to talk to them. So what you're asking, you know, is like asking them particularly what, you know, yes. what is it you need? So super interesting. Well, that leads into my next question, which is, I, I know that total expert does a lot of surveying and studying about connecting with the customers at the right time in the right way. So in your opinion, What's changed in how borrowers want to be contacted during the pandemic period? Has anything changed? Is it has it just you know enforced what was already there, or what what have you guys seen? You know, I, I think it really goes back to um, that combination or that that blend of technology and um, the human and, and personal touch points with the customers, um, and so. I think, again, as we talked about, you know, a lot of times people feel like using more technology means less human, but we just think it's, it's again, the combination of those two things. Um, I do think that there's um, a lot of good things have come into play that utilizing your technology to be able to be available um, kind of 24-7. You know, I think there's times where I'm in, in customers, you know, with customer support that people may need or they want to get a question answered. I think more and more institutions have um, put information out there on demand um, where the customer can can go in and take a look for things, you know, particularly when you're in process, you know, you just said it a minute ago, it's emotional, right? <laughs> you're going through all these things. You want the information when you want it, right? Not just when you might be able to get a hold of somebody. So again, I, I do think that there's um, there's been change and improvement in terms of the both the digital experience, um, but as well as what's, what's available kind of on demand um, for customers. No, I really love that. Um, you know, so we're seeing millennials really come into their own as homeowners. They now account for about a third of all home buyers, um, depending on how you look at it. And I just remember like 
five, seven years ago, you know, it was all the hand wringing about how are we going to reach this new generation? They're, they don't like any of the things we currently do. We have to totally change everything. Well, apparently our industry has figured out how to reach them because they're now buying one third of the homes. Yeah, so, that's amazing. So that's awesome. And, and all those learnings, but now we have uh, Gen Z. So, you know, looking toward Gen Z, what does a company like Total Expert look for to be ready for a, a different cohort coming up? You know, it is it is interesting because I know um, now I'm not a boomer. I'm I'm followed right under the wire. I'm a Gen X. Oh, but me too. Like, Yay. Okay. okay. So, but it's funny because they, you know, the millennials love to make fun of the boomers. You know, the okay boomer. You know, which is like I'm like, ha, it's not me. Um, but then the the Z's are making fun of the millennials, and I was like, wow, us X's escaped somehow. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like anybody's making fun of us, but probably opening that door now. Um, but you're right. Um, Gen Z is is very, you know, they're far ahead. I um, I saw some stats that in um, as of a year ago, there are already, you know, 300 some thousand Gen Zers with mortgages, four out of five of Gen Z say they will own homes within five years. And so they're definitely um, moving maybe a bit faster towards home ownership than the millennials were. So I think this is, is really interesting. Another kind of interesting uh, point with it is that um, nearly half of Gen Z identifies as being racially or ethnically diverse, right? So there's, you know, again, just a, um, a fantastic opportunity. Also interesting, uh, about a third of Gen Z transactions take place on a mobile device. And so I think that helps to start as we start thinking about this next group that yes, to your point, when we go to conferences again, well, the millennials will get a break of us talking about them. And now we're onto the onto the Gen Zers and talking about them. Um, but you can't lump them all in together and just say, though, they're all the same. They're not the same. They're a very different generation. The way that they're doing things is different. And obviously, um, facing a new era that we're in that, you know, we still have some some changes and question marks ahead. Um, but it, it, it again, it's going to those marketing and sales messages. And it kind of goes back to the point we we're talking about a little bit ago with personas, right? And really understanding who are you talking to? And how should you be talking to them? Um, I think, you know, because I remember telling you about this experience experiment uh, that we did at Total Expert, where we got a boomer, an X, a millennial and a Z. And they went out and um, inquired about mortgages and, um, you know, did some kind of interesting experiments, we'll say, kind of some secret shopping um, on a big box, uh, regional, and then a online only. And it was very fascinating. And it was really true that by the demographic, if the message wasn't on point and wasn't for them, um, it, it didn't resonate. And so it may be about the channel, it may be about the message, but I just, I think it's really a, a uh, important time for people to um, kind of pause and really look at their journey. Like, how are you talking to people and how are you even determining which, you know, kind of which track you're going to put them on and how you're going to talk to them? And are you listening to the cues that they're giving you about what channels they want to be communicated through and what do they want to learn more about? And, you know, so I just, again, I think we have an interesting opportunity, but, um, but yes, having a daughter who's right in the you know, the line of being a Z and a millennial, I, I like to think I get the best of both worlds. Um, but she actually, she and her fiance just purchased a home. So they're, uh, wow. they're on trend. They're on trend. They're on trend. Well, you know, and I have kids that are millennials and kids that are uh, Gen Z. And I think one of the things you, you were talking about channels, one of the biggest just differences to me, even in my older millennials versus Gen Z is, is she doesn't, they, they don't Google information that they want it on video. Yeah. YouTube is, is the king. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I'm like, but why wouldn't you just like read that? Why, 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 why do you have to have a video about it? But yeah. And I keep going, okay, how is this going to work? <laughs> 
Yeah. So Holmes, um, obviously people are already putting out great video content. I mean, we've featured some of them that are engaged, but I just think it is such a really different thing. I also think authenticity, um, you know, is just super important to, to uh, Gen Z, not that it wasn't to, you know, millennials or not that it isn't to me, but I do think that anything that feels like you're, um, you're trying to be something you're not as a company, as a brand is very, is a glaring problem for them. And so I think that's going to be challenging too. The authenticity. Yeah, is a big deal. And, you know, and also, I think it's interesting that um, whether it's a a millennial or a Z, they tend to be very much into um, cause, right? Like I remember my daughter looking for a a, a job after uh, she had graduated, and it really mattered. She was looking at their website saying, you know, what are they about? And uh, what do they stand for? And where do they donate their money to? And so I think that's another thing that I think is marketers, you know, everyone has to take that to heart and really pay attention to um, how do you show up online as a company? Because they're actually looking, right? They're, they're looking to see what kind of a company are you? What kind of things do you support? And um, I think that's a good thing. They're going to hold all of our feet to the fire. I mean, they really are. They're not, they, yes. uh, they've already decided to disrupt a lot of things. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's going to be great. Well, you know, well, looking forward to the rest of this year, uh, we know that higher mortgage rates are likely at some point, not not very high mortgage, you know, historically still very low, but higher than they are now. And that the refi share of mortgages is, is going to decrease, partly just because at some point you are going to refi most of the people who are still, you know, a, a good fit for that. So with a renewed focus on a purchase market, you know, what are some of the most important things lenders can be doing right now? You know, it's um, it is it continues to be an interesting time. As you said, the interest rates are are going to go up um, eventually. I mean, it is funny when we think about just a few years ago, we were sure refinances were gone forever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably said that five times in my career. Like, well, we'll never have a refi run like this again. Um, but you are right that as as we shift to a more purchase centric market with more purchase business, you know, coming up in the year ahead, I think some of the most important things is to you know, as things are still um, a little uncertain, you know, we're at a time where I would say trust in our country is probably at an all time low. Um, And so it's a time that lenders can, you know, where we were kind of the villains back in 2008, you know, I mean, we were at the the center of the storm then. It's very exciting that I think lenders right now and financial institutions in general can be the heroes as we kind of step forward and you know, I was just looking at a story this morning from one of our total expert customers um, and it's one of thousands and thousands of stories where, you know, they're saving, you know, this customer $600 a month by having wow. consolidated some debt and done some things and made this really meaningful difference in this person's life. And they were sharing this story. And I just think this is what's happening over and over and over and over again, right? Like we get to be the heroes. So what I would say is that as we move forward and things are still um, unpredictable, let's say, and still changing and people's, you know, trust is a little low right now. I think education is um, key. People are looking for information. They're looking for education. They're looking for, um, you know, just um, any information that we can give them. And and whether it's them or, as I said earlier, probably one degree of separation away is someone who is really genuinely maybe has lost their business, has lost their job, who you know, really may need some some information and, and help and guidance. And I think we're in a position to be able to do that. Um, the other thing I would say is just to remember that our, um, you know, our customers are the, um, the heroes of the story. Very often, um, I think, especially in marketing, we tend to um, make ourselves 
the, the hero of the story, right? Where we say, oh, but we've got these great rates and these great products and these great services and so forth. Um, but there can really only be one hero in the story. And we have to remember that our customer is the hero. And so as we're shifting more towards a purchase market, I would really encourage everybody to find ways to encourage to make your customer the hero and not just for them, but raise up stories. People love stories and they love stories with a hero. And, and like I said, we we're just even thinking about the story that, that I heard earlier today. Those are the kind of things that whether you want to actually raise the person up or use, you know, use a fake name or what have you, but we are in a business of stories and amazing stories where amazing things are happening. You know, families are moving into homes that, that better suit their needs. People are taking the next um, step in their, their life, or maybe they're getting, you know, some cash to enable, um, you know, starting a business. I mean, there's, there's all these beautiful stories that's the most compelling message. You know, when people are thinking about who should I work with, that's the kind of stuff that really resonates with people. So I think just, as I said, educating, paying attention to that customer experience, plugging in those gaps that could cause, um, you know, someone to lose trust in you. Um, but just remembering that our keeping the focus, that relentless focus on that customer and remembering that they're the heroes. I love that. And, you know, as a storyteller, I just, I, I wholeheartedly uh, embrace that. And I think that that's really true. When you look at this next year without, um, with the refi business, maybe going down a little bit, hopefully, you know, loan officers will have more time. Realtors will have more time to really connect because I know this year has just been, you know, we've all been living through a pretty terrible time in some ways. And then they've had this crushing amount of work on top of it. Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't even know how in the midst of that you connect with people on that human level when you've just got, you know, you're just got so much. Right. Of course, it's a, it's a great problem to have. We're, we're not complaining, but but right. but we're people. At the end of the day, all of those people who are doing those loans who are involved in that, there's they're people too with maybe kids at home, schooling, yeah. who knows? So I think it's going to be a, a better opportunity for them, I hope. Yep. Well, and again, I think that's where it's the the magic. Because I remember this when I was originating. You know, when we as we started out talking, I, I was an originator for years, and I loved originating. But it was always the the magic is what can you automate in order to elevate that human to have that connection? How do you make sure that everything that can be automated is automated, so that you've got the ability and the freedom um, and the knowledge to be able to reach out to that person at the right time with that right human touch point? That just, that's what, um, I don't know, that's what makes all the difference for people. I couldn't agree more. We'll see. I'm so excited. Thanks for, for talking with us today. Great to hear your insight and your perspective on mortgage tech. And we just appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. It was great to talk to you. And hopefully we'll be seeing you face to face in real life one of these days. Sometimes. Oh, fingers yeah. crossed. I missed that so much. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.